When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, it's Josh from Under the Table Hot Sauce. I'm here with my friend, the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. Yeah, what's up, JB? Nah, nothing. It's been a hot summer, and for all your barbecue needs, you can go to underthetablehotsauce.com. 13 unique flavors to choose from, created and bottled in a Long Island kitchen. Underthetablehotsauce.com. Let's go chow, JB. Let's do it. All the flavor, twice the burn. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Let me say something right here, and I want everybody to listen. I knew all along that the only one that could bring me back, bring me back from exile, was Dusty Rhodes. This is us. Reruns of Star Trek, man. Everybody was happy in there. There It was multiracial, man. Back on the interstate. So open up your eyes. Way before it gets too late. Now run, man. Let's run while you can. Hit the street lights running. Don't give a damn. A civil explanation that you'll never find. Good evening there, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to present to you the numero uno first edition of In the Dungeon with AA, the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson, and the taskmaster, Mr. Kevin Sullivan, is in the house. Gentlemen, much love. Great to see you guys. How are we feeling today? What's going on, guys? Feeling great. How about you, Andrew, Maddie? Everybody good, cool? Bob. Good. Feeling pretty good. I'm trying to read some notes that... that... New Year? Say again there, Drew? New Year? I'm old. I, I, I was asleep before the ball dropped. I had my food, 
ate like a giant animal. And uh, I was I was probably done by 10 after 11. So if we got, you know, the world blew up at uh, 12.01, I wouldn't have been any uh, any worse for the wear. That's well, here we are in the dungeon. So the premiere so, episode. So I'm reading. So I'm reading by Mr. Uh, by Mr. Andrew Anderson, his little chicken scratch or something that looked like a looked like a three year old on meth may have wrote. But these are important <laughs> questions as this is our premiere thing. So number one, so why call the show in the dungeon, gentlemen? Well, Andrew came well, up with the name, and it's very good, I think. So Andrew, take it over. Well, it's homage to to the to Kevin Kevin and what Hulk Hogan and Kevin came up with that uh, the organization known as the Dungeon of Doom, and I figured since me and Kevin are running around as the Dungeon of Doom on indie uh, shows all across the country, you know, might as well call it in the dungeon. So Mike Monty and myself said, "Why don't we call it in the dungeon?" And we came up with in the dungeon. Uh, yeah, pretty simple and straight. I'd like to thank Marty and the Pharaoh for having us on. It was very nice of them. I've, Every time you go up there, they treat you very, very well. So uh, if any wrestlers out there and they've been uh, approached by Marty and the Pharaoh, believe me, they're great guys, great interviewers, and I've had a ball with them. Yep, two of the most professional interviewers out there, and they're not afraid to ask questions, right, Kevin? No, they're not afraid to ask questions. And I like that they have a real good history behind them about pro wrestling. You know, and I think we're going to bring that uh, to the forefront be before because there are people's names that have been lost in the history. Before Vince McMahon, you know, we think that Vince went nationwide, right? Back in the 40s and 50s, up until he died in 1960, probably the most powerful promoter in the history of wrestling was Paul Bowser. Bowser's talent, he had, he had a special dispensation from the NWA to have his own champion, even though he was a card carry member. And his territory was all of New England, Toronto, Montreal, he owned part of a small part of the New York office back when Toots Monk and Vince Sr. was first starting out. He owned part of Chicago. He owned L.A., put a promoter in L.A., and he put a promoter in San Francisco. And his champion would drop the belt or defend the belt in those cities around the country. So he was uh, probably the first national promoter so that's a thing in the day because when tv came in he had his stars and when he would put them on the the board or the program or the billboards it would have a little thing tv star out of chicago which was a national television program wow yeah pretty cool and, 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 going on to shows like when we were doing podcasts and, and uh, TV shows like Monty and the Pharaoh, they were uh, two of the guys that were fascinated with the history of professional wrestling. And that was stuff that even they didn't know, couldn't be in the historians that they are. Kevin is well-renowned as a historian in the, the business. And his wife, Linda, actually wrote a book called Old School, which uh, the names and uh, the places have been changed, but the, 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 the characters 
um, once you read the book, you'll be able to connect, put a connection with Vince McMahon's character, Vince McMahon Sr.'s character, Paul Bosch's character, Paul Bowser's char character, um, uh, Sam Munchnik's character, uh, Fritz von Erich's character, and, and you'll be able to tie, all, tie in all the pieces if you know you're wrestling. If not, it'll be just another story about how all the, the underworld at the time ran the professional wrestling business. Right, Kev? Right, right. Because you got to remember, they also ran the boxing. I'm not saying that they had complete control of the wrestling business, but it's funny that all the uh, Monty, what when, uh, when Monty and the Pharaoh and I were talking, when the NWA was formed, it was formed on port cities, whether it was the Mississippi, the Atlantic, Pacific, the Great Lakes. So you know the docks have always been in control or were in control back in the day by unsavory characters. Yep, absolutely. And uh, Linda wrote a book called uh, um, Old School by uh, L.A. Taylor, which is Linda's uh, real name, her, her, her maiden name. And, uh, you know, it's out on Amazon. You can look at it on Amazon.com and you can get your book at Amazon Books. So, uh, so that's one thing we were plugging relentlessly, um, not only on, the, on our podcast, but also on other podcasts also as we travel across the country and uh, make appearances at various conventions and uh, meet and greets. Right, Kev? Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah. So I think that's so. something that's going to be enjoyed by everyone is that you guys are going to bring together. And I think the real purpose in the dungeon is we're going to be able to bring that history right? That wrestling history, not just guys who've wrestled and guys who've been around the industry for decades, but uh, you guys together with all your combined years in and everything, you know, going to really be able to supply your, your viewers out there with the history of the business, what it was, how it is today, where you think it's going to go in the future. And I think it's going to be an interesting look, right? I don't want to interrupt you, but not only going to be about professional wrestling, we're also adding a a diversity to this podcast. This isn't just another professional wrestling podcast. This is not going to be just another sports oriented podcast. We're going to have everything from professional wrestlers, uh, professional powerlifters, um, musicians, rock stars, uh, famous guitar players, uh, hint, hint, wink, wink, uh, and um, various comic book artists, uh, master distillers, and through our contact with you, some uh, very famous chefs. And, uh, and manufacturers along the way, you know. And, uh, you know, one of our first guests on the next episode is going to be uh, Craig Massey, who was on uh, WWE's uh, A&E's &E, edition of WWE's Most uh, Wanted Treasures, Most Wanted After Treasures. And he was the one who uh, was on that episode and had a lot of uh, memorabilia. He's going to be on with us on the next episode discussing that. So we're not just dealing with wrestling. We're dealing with a lot of cross-pollination in the wrestling business. So, but being I was sort of talking wrestling, Matt, I got to throw something to Kevin. I'm going to bring a little bit of controversy. Kevin uh, called. We didn't, we didn't even get through 10 minutes of the first episode. No, Kevin, and he's on your ass already. Kevin was a little upset last night because he heard somebody call Brock Lesnar a part time champion, a part time wrestler. Kevin, your thoughts on that? Well, the ratings have jumped. Brock is a special talent. And this is just my opinion. When you're on television constantly and you're in every pay-per-view, you become just, 
even how great these guys are, you almost become just like the other guys. I think the way they've handled Brock is that he's been able to stay on top, and I got to give him credit. You know, you got to evolve. And the look on Brock now, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's a babyface, right? Mm -hmm. He went from being this vicious, vicious heel, um, Mike Tyson-ish, to he's starting to become a beloved character and he's starting to show more of his character on television. So, I mean, how can you knock a guy that comes in and the ratings go up immediately? You can't. I think there's a lot of jealousy in the wrestling business. And I can understand, you know, you're there every week and you're busting your ass and trying to get to the spot and the guy comes in, but he's a very special guy. I don't know anybody in the history of pro wrestling that ever left wrestling and won a UFC world championship or a boxing world championship. You know, this, he separated himself and good luck to him. And, you know, I think they handled him very well. Now, what do you think is the thoughts on Bill Goldberg, a character that you helped create and culture and cultivate? Now he 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 always uh, seems to rear his, his head into uh, into a main events in uh, in the WWE at this point. So uh, does he have that same impact? Do you think as a Brock uh, Lesnar, or has he I lost think, his along the way? I don't think he's lost it. I think that he's more sporadic than than uh, Brock. But again, they wouldn't be bringing him in and paying him this kind of money if he doesn't move the dial. The yeah. unfortunate thing, when you were in the wrestling business, you forget the last word. It's a business, you know. Mm -hmm. And with Vince's company being a publicly traded company, they have responsibility to their shareholders for them to get the most out of their money's worth. And I think that's why there's been a huge cut in their staff. I think yep. maybe okay. they're preparing, preparing to sell it to a big company and they want to show the profit margin. So until we know the end of the story, it's kind of hard. Us being on the, when I say us, I mean the whole world being on the outside and not know the inner workings. You can guess all you want until it comes out. So I think that's what they're doing fair enough fair enough I, I i agree with what you what you said about brock i think he's special he's an amazing talent and uh i think now he's finally hit a peak where he's able to show his charisma that he's always been been restricted with paul Heyman as his mouthpiece always coming in as as a monster not really speaking that much but he really can has shown himself he's he's come to his he's come to come he's come to a come to of age the way i look yeah. at it and it's easy to forget too He's still a tremendous athlete when he goes out oh. there and performs. Um, you're talking about a guy, you know, obviously Kevin was talking about jealousy and everything else. A guy like me who's been around wrestling on the outside for a good chunk of my life can see how the younger kids on the roster is going, hey, this guy's getting a chance, you know, he's, he's taking away chances from us. But um, what this guy's been able to do, how he's been able to stay on his game, he's still, 
you know, he's called the beast for a reason, right? This guy's still a physical specimen and he goes out there and, and he does. And, uh, you know, we all hear the same things over and over. People get mad. Hey, you know, the, there's guys in the back. How come this guy can show up and do 15 shows and get a million dollars? I'm like, Kevin already alluded to that too. It's a business. It's no different than when, uh, and when UFC, Dana White took Kimbo Slice because Kimbo was a, was a YouTube star, right? So there's kids that were clambering to make a dollar. Mm-hmm. And Kimbo Slice got, got the million-dollar fight because everybody wanted to see what would happen if he took a guy who fought in the streets and put him in UFC, right? So at the end of the day, you got to remember, it is a business. Absolutely well said, my man. Well said. And the other thing is, sometimes we forget how much work Rock did to get to where he is. His worth ethic to me is unparalleled. The other thing is he, not only the UFC crossover, but let's not forget, he was on the Vikings for a short time. What a tremendous athlete. I mean, pro wrestler, UFC champion, went to the Vikings and made the team. Pretty amazing athlete. His dedication to get to where he is, is to me, way, way above anything I've ever seen. Yeah, agreed. And I'm glad that, like I said, somebody like you is actually a historian of all this to come out there and say it, because I think it gives that different perspective to people. You know, stuff that people aren't necessarily thinking about. Like I said, the younger crowd of the younger kids are like, why is this guy being given a chance over me? He, he disappears. I'm like, well, he can disappear and then come back and then perform at an incredibly high level. And then everybody in those arenas is clambering to see him. And again, I think it's, the day, it's generation. I think it's also a generation thing. Brock was from another generation of wrestlers coming into this new generation, which is how I, how I felt at times, you know, like I was misplaced sometimes and uh, lost in the shuffle. You know, Kevin knows that feeling, knows how I feel about that, right, Kevin? Yeah, and the thing is, in some ways, you were caught in between two generations, and it's hard, you know, because you're from the old school, which wasn't, you know, as big as you are and as strong as you are, you're not going to do what some of the younger kids are doing today, which is... I've watched it. They're fantastic athletes. You know that, Andrew. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic athletes. But I think there's a spot for everything. And maybe we're going to see a little bit of change because I've watched Taz's son hook. That kid is something different. He's special. He's wrestling, doing judo moves. Uh, he looks the part, even though he's uh, he's going to grow. We know that, but his matches, what I like, are completely different than everybody else's. Rick Steiner's son, also Rick Steiner's son, yeah. is also another another equal parallel right there. You know, right. two 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 dads that were well versed in in uh, Greco Roman freestyle wrestling. All of a sudden, they're their kids, their 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 children are now their proteges, you know, and, and out in the ring, and and one of them is in AEW, the other one is in WWE. It's just pretty amazing, you know. So yeah, yeah. and I think we're going to have a chance to see these guys grow and draw nothing but money. 
Yep. Absolutely. You got, you got Kip's kids, uh, Billy Gunn's kids that are in. So it's always interesting when you get to see the next generation of talent and to see that evolution of the talent, right? I mean, Hook, Hook clearly is not built the way Taz is built. Um, and you can see, just look at look at how uh, Mysterio and his son are. So you get to see how the evolution, which each generation comes up to, which which is kind of neat, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, Steiner's kid, I, I, I think will surpass up here. It will surpass uh, the Stein brothers, and that's saying something. Because Rick, I saw a quote from him. He wants his kid to do that. He's behind him a thousand percent, and he's got the capability because of his amateur background. He's a real great athlete and I think we're headed to another evolution that we're going to get closer maybe to UFC where I'm saying this we're starting to see a little bit like I said and Andrew brought up Steiner's son Steiner and Hook and some of the guys like Jericho who are from have been able to cross over from generation to generation. They're a little bit more of pound and ground. It's like watching a football game. All of a sudden now, it looks like they're going back to a running back, not passing all the time. So it's a it's a whole different uh, look. And this evolution is going to be a big deal because AEW is nipping at WWE's heels and what have they been in business? Two years? Yep. They've mm -hmm. done an amazing, amazing job. And I hear people always saying, well, they're only getting this much uh, amount of ratings. Let's not forget, they're on TBS and TNT, which covers most of the United States, all of it, I believe, if you have that package. Mm -hmm. So, as they grow, I think, you know, uh, MJF, he's a special town too. One of the Plus, best mics I've ever heard. Uh, ever, ever. I've watched them just, I watched the uh, highlights. He's a young kid, a young kid to be that kind of heel and yeah, uh, to elicit that kind of response. That, and that's special, you know, and you can elicit that kind of response maybe, out of the crowd maybe, at, that, at that age. Yeah, man. Uh, the kid can work, and the kid can can do everything. He can do it all. He's a he is a, in fact. I think he's a total pack. And he, he, hey, I'm asking this question to both of you guys. He gets to me. He pisses me off. He's terrific, yeah. <laughs> and I think he stays in his character. And yeah, he's yeah. very very good. He's got that smirk. You know, sometimes uh, we just take it for granted. Well. The guy should know how to do interviews. It, Andrew, you know this. When they stick a mic in front of you, it gets to be difficult. And as you're a young boy, it's very difficult. Yeah, this 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 kid, like you said, is special. And like you said, he elicits feelings. Like Andrew and I live close enough to Long Island that I'm sure if we ever saw him, we'd probably want to knee him in the balls. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying that you know that that elicits a very yeah. particular kind of response, right? Yeah, because my question is. My question is, didn't mean to cut you off, Andrew, but my question is, 
How long has he been wrestling? The second thing is, how long has he been able to do interviews in front of that kind of audience, that kind of pressure, and he pulls it off without a glitch? Which I, I mean, I, I've, I was watching their highlights. And him and Punk do that interview back and forth. The way he pauses, the smirk, the smile. I mean, the kid is, I think AEW has great. Yeah, AEW has out of him. The flow of it. And, you know, everything in this world is about flow in the ring, outside of the ring, when you're being interviewed. Um, that kid has that flow. And you know what? That's something special to see. Calling yeah. and acting. I think he's got a future calling in, the, in in Hollywood. Because, I mean, that kid did, it all, did a lot of that on the fly, and that's just amazing. So, you know, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's skill. That's natural skill. Agreed. I, I, I want to go back to uh, – which one of you mentioned Billy Gunn? I did. Okay. Does anybody in the wrestling business maybe – discounting Roman and maybe Brock. Does anybody look better than Billy Gunn? Not at all. Oh. Not at all. He's, and he's, he's Andrew, 58 he's a, years old. He's a huge fan. When you shake hands yep. with him, it's like shaking hands with a catcher's mitt. What an <laughs> athlete. What an athlete he is. I mean, the guys. Yep. We get a... Uh, Great group of second generation guys coming up. So it's going to be very interesting in the next five or six years to watch them mature. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think because sometimes I wonder how much wrestling is on TV. I think that maybe the days of house shows are fading off. We'll have big pay per views and maybe they'll go like. The Harlem Globetrotters do, or uh, the Escapades. They'll go have a spring tour across the country and maybe a summer tour. And uh, they're going to do very well, I, I believe. I see a, a renaissance in the wrestling business. Agreed. Hey, guys. Well, it's been that way. I mean, you have- we got to take a quick 30-second uh, break so we can pay the bills and hear from our sponsors. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? (laughs) Well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. Introduce a friend of mine here. Yeah, he's uh, he trains with me every day. He was an amateur wrestler. He's had amateur MMA fights. Right, come on over here. This this guy trains very very hard. And he, I'm hoping that he goes back and does some MMA. Oh, buddy. Welcome to the show, right. Brother Ryan. How you feeling, my man? Uh, excellent. I think my shoulder's out of the socket, <laughs> but uh, other than that. You kind of look like Jack Osborne a little bit. <laughs> that, I don't know who that is. Like Jack Osborne, Ozzy's kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little chubby. 
See, he stand you for 30 seconds, you already want to fight him. See, that's that yeah. Kevin, you've done your job, bro. That's right. Yes. He's hey, really, yeah, way to go, Drew. He, he's, yeah. he's he's unbelievably strong. He's like you, Andrew. He's he's just you know, strong naturally. I mean, we've been training for probably two years together. He comes over and drags me into the weight room at the house. And he, I mean, he can step away from the weights like you can, Andrew, and for two months, and then he's back up to like 90% of what he can do in his first workout. Now so. I get to meet the reason why he can't walk half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. This guy. You're torturing the old man, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. He's torturing. You're torturing the old man, aren't you? Yeah, he's doing well. He did work legs yesterday and did a great job. Awesome, awesome. Hey, yeah. and you also uh, helped us with some technical issues. I want to thank you for that too. Yeah, you know, he's great on oh, yeah. anything. Yeah, he's great mentally in the head. Like maybe me and you are missing a few. <laughs> A few. Oh, that was so kind. All of us are all of us are missing far more than just a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and now we're going to talk about. We have some things to talk about. We're coming. Uh, Kevin and I are coming into uh, World Class Championship Wrestling on uh, January twenty second for their uh, uh, Have a Nice Day uh, event with uh, featured featuring Mick Foley. Uh, Kevin and myself are coming back as the. Uh, Dungeon of Doom, myself, Kevin, and uh, we have a new member who's uh, who's Kevin. You want to touch base to uh, mention who our new member is? It's all it's already average. Okay, you you talk to him because you talk about because you know more about Andrew. Ivan Warsaw um, uh, came into came into uh, fruition with uh, a big feud with um, Enzo in SWE Fury, and he really uh, proved everybody that he was really, really, really. Um, I don't know what happened over there. Just for a second, over, I'm out of it for a second. Hold on. Uh, I don't know what for a second. Eh, I don't know if that's an accurate statement, but all right, continue. Oh I think yeah, it's I've Greg Warsaw uh, has come into fruition. He, he proved uh, how he was able to work when he was uh, in the ring with uh, with Enzo at some SW Fury shows. Um, really phenomenal athlete, um, unbelievable character, and one of the he's very dark and brooding. And Kevin and I both uh, figured that he would be perfect for our Dungeon of Doom um, as a new member. And we should be tearing it up all over uh, Texas and hopefully states together pretty soon. You know, but uh, January 22nd, uh, he makes his debut in World Class Championship Wrestling, World Class Wrestling Revolution. And uh, we have a bunch of great stars there. Jacob Fatu has a rematch with uh, Ryan Moonshine Mantel. Uh, Jenny Santana is there again. Uh, um Trying to think of who else. Yeah, the real world Charlie champion, Charlie Haas. The champion who we consider, oh, Kevin and I both consider him to be the real world heavyweight champion. Right. So, and because uh, I mean, the, the guy's a shooter, the guy's amazing, and he's, he's just phenomenal. And Andrew, uh, you know, I got to cut you off for a second. I think Craig is calling you. Did you respond to him? Yes, I will. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, dude. Just go, go on without me. Okay. Uh, so, can you hear me, my man? I can, brother. So I get while uh, while Drew, while Drew is off off in Netherworld. Why don't you uh, you tell everybody out there how you how the unfortunate day is that you wound up teaming up with Drew and how you two guys know each other? I've known Drew. Uh, 
when Drew was a young boy, you know about him bench pressing all that weight at the Meadowlands, what was it, two and a quarter, 72 times uh, for our charity. Uh, I was interested in bringing Drew in and he came into uh, WCW for all the TVs and unfortunate that I think he would have had a great position there, but WCW went under and uh, Drew is, when he puts his mind to it, he can do about anything. You know, the old story, you can't judge a book by its cover. Andrew has two degrees. He's a historian. He reads. He's a clever guy. And uh, the unfortunate thing is, like I said before, he was caught between two generations. If he had come 10 years earlier, he would have fit imperfectly with the big bodies and the hard hitting that wrestling was and is coming back to uh he would have fit in perfectly but it's it's great to be around drew you know got great personality makes you laugh all the time and uh it's he's uh he's a special person Tr truly is so yeah. drew, so so drew we were talking about how you and kevin know each other and what he was saying, I didn't even, I don't even think you pay pal him any money, but everything that he said about you was actually very, very nice. I, I, so before I you comment. I, I got a contact from uh, the next episode's guest. So just now as it was going, because we're filming, obviously we're filming the double shot. But yeah, um, Kevin and I know each other for almost 30 years and 20, 20, 26 years. I know Kevin, 26 years actually. And um, he remembers when I was carrying Jimmy Snooker's bag when Metal Maniac and, and Jimmy discovered me and uh you know, I tried to get a job working up, you know, for for, for, for um, WCW. I went to the power plant for a little bit, tried to get on. And my friend Chris Ford, Crowbar, was already on TV, and I was really trying to get on. And, you know, I was one of those guys that was, you know, really trying to do his part. But, you know, things happened. I was in the wrong, the wrong place at the wrong time, you know. So, but uh, it was it was, it was was a great experience. And, I look, I wouldn't change a damn thing. No regrets, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, it's, it's shit happens for a reason, you know. And, uh Look, I'm here. We're having fun. And uh, Kevin and I did some international tours together. We got another one coming up in the UK on February 17th for World Pro Wrestling. And uh, Matt Jarrett's company, World Pro Wrestling, and uh, uh, got some great talent over there. Two Cold Scorpio against uh, Tajiri. And uh, we have other talent on it, like uh, like Hernandez. And um, uh, God, that, that it just goes on and on. And uh, I got a, a match there myself. And I, I can't wait to get on that show and be in the UK again. I haven't been in the UK in, in almost 15 years. And this is looking forward to going back to, uh, to, uh, to, to the land of the queen, you know, go save the queen. So, and, uh, you know, another thing I wanted to also talk about something that I didn't really get a chance to, to touch base on that Kevin and I are also involved in. I'm bringing Kevin to get stem cells in February injections into his, Kevin, you're getting him wearing your knee, his shoulder, your neck. My shoulders and neck. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin's going to get them in his shoulders and neck. And hoping, hoping that it would help regenerate some of the tissue that was torn up and the damage reverse some of the damage that was done. Uh, we just had uh, Gangrel there in, uh, for Progeny Stem Cells and, uh, um, uh, and, and Jenny Santana was there in, uh, in November and myself, I, I shoulder at almost full range of motion again. You know, I, I still, I'm not going to be military pressing, um, you know, 225 pounds anymore or, or, or dumbbells 150 pound dumbbells but i i'm just happy to be pain-free and 
you know, being, being able to do what I got to do. And, and Gangrel just did his back and, and his knees. Um, you know, so, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be able to help Kev out. Right, Kev? And, you yeah. know, AJ, AJ Caprio and Dr. Cap, Dr. Angelo Caprio at, at, uh, at uh, Integrated Pain Management. I'm giving them a plug because they are some of the guys that help, help keep me around and keep me driving everybody crazy in the wrestling business and in, uh, in the, um, the media and uh, acting business, driving everybody nuts as only I can do. <laughs> so, you know. Just smile and wave, yes. We love you. Yes, smile away. We love you. So, anyway, so do, what? What else is uh? What else is going on as far as um? As far as your world, Maddie, what's going on with you? Well, obviously, since we've had this little uh, little thing going called COVID going on, it's a uh, it's been a strange world. So, for much like you guys, for people that are usually on the road, uh, hundred, hundred and twenty days plus a year to kind of have our uh, wings clipped a little bit. You know, things have been interesting. Uh, as a promotions guy, there's not a lot of big events or things to promote when it's highly frowned upon. So, you know, much like you guys, we're doing stuff like we're doing today. I think the whole evolution of what we're doing today actually started with COVID. Um, as you know, I have my bourbon blog show, which is, is up to its 100th episode now. And it's spawned from the inability to be with people in person. So the second best thing is to be doing it digitally the way we're doing today. Um, and like I said, those and now you're now you're co-hosting with the Reinforcer and the and Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster in the dungeon. Who would have thought? Exactly. And exactly. tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow evening, you and I have a a, a date with Sanj Patel and Sanj's Smoke Shop, unveiling his newest newest stick. Yep. As a matter of fact, see that see that behind my head, kids. That's the new logo there yep. for the uh, for SP 1014s, baby. Sanj Patel, if you're if you're Jersey folk, so that's tomorrow. That'll be uh, Friday the seventh at uh, four p.m. to whenever. So yeah, and Maddie. Uh, Maddie, you know, I will be there if you want to come in, stop in, and say hello. Right? Yes, sir. Maddie, I got a question for you. You've yes. uh, a hundred episodes you've done, right? And I, I agree with you. It's a whole new ball game. Do you foresee this going on for a while? This COVID. Yes, and I try to always keep politics out of everything I do, but it's kind of like reading 1984. So what we have is, look, is it real? Of course it's real. Have people gotten sick and died? Absolutely. It's very real. But what's happening now is we're kind of creating a culture of fear, uh, and that culture of fear is, is overtaken uh, common sense and sensibilities. Um, at the end of the day, common sense will always or should always dictate, you know, what the smart thing is to do or not the smart thing. So while people are killing each other and cursing each other out for, hey, you're vaxxed, you're unvaxxed, and we've been friends for 40 years, but screw you. I don't hear anybody yelling what vaxxed or unvaxxed when someone goes to a store and I could literally see them hacking their lung out. I'm like, I don't know if you're vaxxed or unvaxxed, but you literally just like hacked a piece of lung further than Andrew Anderson can throw a human across a ring. And I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And uh, again, that's a sense and sensibility thing. Do this, do that. Well, where's your accountability for, for doing some of the crazy shit? If you don't feel good, keep your ass at home. Um, well, that's the problem. Common, common sense seems to have, 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 you know, there's a lack of common sense now. It seems to have, uh, you know, lost its... Um... Andrew, I got to interrupt you. Craig is looking for the passcode. 
Okay, mm-hmm. this part got to part out the common sense part. Hold on, let me let me get him the fast send it to him again. Okay. All right, we got to edit this yeah. part out. Hold on, let hey. me just get. Come on, Maddie. Yes, sir. Maddie, Ryan wants to tell a story. Come on. Absolutely, brother. Thank you guys, um, I totally feel what you're saying, and this is about today. Uh, my wife and I are putting our house on the market coming up in the next few months, and our realtor made their first visit to our house today. And uh, with respect to him, I followed his rules, but in my own house, I had to mask up and walk around my own house, breathing the same oxygen I've been breathing in and out for all week, but the the lack of common sense there just... I don't know. I feel you. It's astounding. So that's it. That's how it is. It's a treatment, you know. Uh, like I said, common sense is, is in the toilet. Um, and fear, oh. like I said. Tired of that same old, same old breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Same old tasting scrambled eggs, burger, that dinner steak, ribs, or pork chops. Why not add a little bit of spice or just a touch of heat to make the difference? Change that scrambled egg with a little bit of Johnny Fabulous's John Cena Sr.'s Million Dollar Jalapeno Hot Sauce. Great on burgers, steaks, chops, and those barbecued ribs. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. Sport and non-sport cards, wrestling items, autographed items. We buy, sell, and trade. M&J Video Games and Collectibles, located at... 1049 Queen Street, Southington, Connecticut. Call us at 1-860-479-9223 or 860-93-GAMES. M&J, video games and collectibles. Getting back to what I said, you got a hundred blogs out there. Do you think five years ago you would ever thought about podcasting no no i always knew where it had its importance and and how to reach people and um and and like i said there's there's a platform for it but after what happened and literally not being around to have contact with other people and this filling in for it you know there's no world um where i ever thought that this would happen and again it's something we very much took for granted because the last time this happened was 100 years ago during the spanish flu um, so nobody thought about this. This was, uh, this was everybody's worst nightmare. And, uh, part of the human condition is all of us want to be togetherness. Humans are social beings, right? Um, so we had to go for the next best thing. And this is, this I, is what we got. I got to inject something, Maddie. I'm a huge baseball fan. Okay. Especially the Red Sox. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything. I'm a Yankee. Fan. You, you, uh, so oh, yeah. you, got, you got the international choke sign, right? Three games up, and you bring a Hall of Famer, the only guy elected unanimously. Uh, But you got big, thank goodness, because Big Poppy's going to get in because of what he did for the Red Sox three championships. I got got 27 rings to help the boys shine. (laughs) 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 Right, kids. But but what I was going to say was. I saw a thing that I couldn't believe. It was a picture of a 1918 game where the catcher, the batter, and the umpire had a mask on. So mask on knew, you know what I mean? 
But I hope that we get back to this normalcy. I mean, you know, uh, that's what I've said on that product. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's going to be common sense. And like I said, each generation is different. Uh, Luckily, this isn't World War II where you go like this. I have a sniffle. I'm out. Like, dude, it's a sniffle. Nope, I'm done. I got a sniffle. Right now, with the, with this new Omicron variant, I think a lot of people are, are looking for a reason to stay home and looking for a reason. They're going, waiting online where they weren't with the initial thing, waiting online to get COVID tests. And people are just, lines going around the block. There's there's, there's a lack of surplus in COVID, take-home tests, and um, um, everyone from, from physicians to uh, those um, those little... Uh... Andrew, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you. You know what I find strange? You talk about the COVID lines, right? Ryan lives up the street from me right here on Columbia Beach Drive. Uh, we don't have any lines. You can walk into the family island drug and get any kind of shot you want. It seems to me, well, we got very few people in this end of the island at this time of year. Where our population probably triples in the summertime. Mm-hmm. But I find it strange, but that these people have as much as they need, but Seattle, major cities don't. L.A., you know what no, I mean? It's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Well, the suburbs, the lines going around. Every city MD, every little mom and pop um, um, vaccination center that they have, they're all lined up for COVID testing. Not yeah. for the shot, not for the vaccines, to get COVID tested. And most right. of the people or who are getting sick are the ones that haven't been vaccinated. Yeah. So, well, I mean, there, there wasn't a big rush, a run on the bank to get a, a COVID vaccine, but you want to get COVID tested. You want to know if you have it or not, but you don't want to know if, you know, if you're immune to it or not. But getting yeah. a vaccine, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it gives you immunity, but at least it, it gives you a chance, a chance at survival. So. So. Uh, anti Getting back to what a man said there, uh, Maddie was right on that. I think he he knew the importance of podcasting, but I don't think Maddie. I correct me if I'm wrong. Did you think there'd be this slew of podcastings right away? It seems like I go to YouTube and there's every day there's two or three other podcasting on you know clips. You know, I I would never imagine it. Okay, how we put this louder? Oh, there he is. What's up there, Craig? What's going on, fellas? I'm sorry I'm a little bit late. That's okay, Craig. We got to close off this episode, then we're going to add Craig in on the next one. So just stay with us. Stay with us, Craig. Don't go anywhere. All right? Okay. We're going to end this episode real quick, and then when you're on the next one, I'll announce you on the next episode, okay? Three minutes, all right? Yeah, go ahead. All right, Matt, go ahead. All right, so yeah, Kev, honestly, for me, I never thought we'd ever see anything like this. Um, I think by the time everybody was was two or three months into this and saw the seriousness of it, and, you know, everywhere was a ghost town, um, the fear of not being around other people really kicked in. Um, the normalcy was gone. All this really simple things that everybody took for granted, and let's be honest, people gathering is something you would never think twice about you know, I'd say in a million years, except it was in a hundred years for now. Um, so the only way that you could be together and, and express your thoughts and, and have a show and have 
everyone together is things like this. You have a Zoom show or you're on a WebEx. Um, I mean, look at, you know, Zoom stock went through the window. And like I said, you go to meeting and WebEx and Microsoft Teams. And not only on this level, but, you know, your corporate world, um, corporate world is big on Teams and everything else. Um, so now what's going to be interesting is obviously there's no real timeline as to when this, you know, madness is going to end. But it'll be interesting to see how business is conducted in the future. A lot, of businesses, of, big a lot of businesses are being conducted from home. You know, I mean, my brother-in-law has been working from home and he works for about, yeah, he's been working for home, from home for about uh, two years already. So, I mean, it's going it's to have an effect on everything then. Uh, it's going to have an effect on commercial properties. Um, people are going to decide, yeah. do I really need to spend X amount of dollars, millions of dollars a year on these giant corporate uh, offices and they're, 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 they're downsizing. They're, fi they're, they're finding it's more efficient to have the, the, the employees work from home as opposed to being in a corporate office paying these massive taxes and rents and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, well, all the bills. they're going to have to pay taxes anyway. Well, and, yeah. But here's the thing. I do not think, and I may be wrong, I don't think that we'll ever get back to what we perceived as normal. And I think that we'll see more podcasting and this will hide, like everything else, everything evolves. This will hybrid into something else too. I agree entirely. But listen, meantime, I think that everybody out there should tune in to In Dungeon with Andrew Anderson and Kevin Sullivan, our guest host, our co-host, um, Matty Rock, every Saturday, 9 p.m. here on the Monty and the Pharaoh YouTube channel. Check us out. We're going to have to wrap this episode, but the next episode is coming up, and we're going to have pro wrestling collecting guru, Mr. Craig Massey from Louisiana. You probably saw him on A&E's um, wrestling art. i got to edit this part out. Let him edit, Andrew, edit that's part. enough. Just end it with Craig, and then we'll bring that yeah. up. What, what Andrew meant to say is, ladies and gentlemen, thank ladies you for gentlemen. tuning in to the first episode of In yeah. the Dungeon. Much love. We'll see you in the same bad time, same bad place next week. Peace out.